1: heart and hand is delighted to be partnering up once again with nordvpn the premier vpn service available you can safely search out what you like anywhere in the world with nordvpn and make sure that your privacy is protected go to nordvpn.com for the full range of offers Hello everyone, and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host, as always, on the show. And joining me t- today to discuss all the latest Rangers news, goings on from the weekend, and look ahead to a huge European fixture. It's Cami Bell. Good afternoon, Cami.
0: David, thank you for having me on uh, a couple of shows for me last week. So uh, it's always good to have you back.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's true. But uh, yeah, well. A strange weekend, in a way. Um, Rangers playing Morton at home in the Cup. And a performance that that really sort of left us saying, well, the important thing is getting through in the Cup. Um, You tend to say that to yourself after, you know, not a great performance against the side that you were expecting to do a lot better against in Morton. And that's no disrespect to Morton, but realistically, Rangers should expect to not have it tight going into injury time, which is what happened at the weekend. But then the following day, of course, Kilmarnock defeated Celtic, and suddenly it's important to get through in the Cup took on a bit of a new meaning uh, at that point. Now, we're not going to focus too much on a result that didn't involve Rangers, but equally, we don't want to passionise people and pretend that somehow Celtic going out isn't a good thing. They are the side that have stopped us winning trophies over the last years, bloody frustratingly uh, and annoyingly. And if they're out, it does make it easier for us. However, what it doesn't do is guarantee it and I think I was as guilty as anybody in 2020-21 where we should have won a treble. We actually dispatched of Celtic on the way in the Scottish Cup and then still didn't win it. So, there's no guarantees, Cammy, but yeah, you'd you'd rather that they were out and than we were having to maybe go and play them in the final type thing. Um, I think that it's it, it should on paper make it easier.
0: I mean, of course it will, right? And let's not get away from that because um, we've we've had, as you rightly say, David, in recent history, uh, been denied a cup, which frankly I've always considered the Rangers love- trophy, um, and and we've went without it for far far too long. So it will it will make it. Less hard. I wouldn't say easy because I think that that's a little bit disrespectful, and I don't think that we're in a position. No, we're we're not. So trophy that you can be blase about it, right? So it's 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 not as hard as it could be. But if I was a fan of any of the other teams, I would turn around now and say, well, of the two teams that were likely to win it, fifty percent of them are now no longer in the competition. Does that give them more emphasis? Of course it does. We've got a great draw, in my opinion, because I think that um, you know. With, with very soundly beating Livingston at home, um, you know, already so far this season. So we've got them again at the end of, end of September. So I, I'm perfectly happy with that. So we then need to look to see, obviously, who else is still in it if we progress past Livingston. And I, I will use cautious optimism. We just have to beat who's in front of us. And right now that's Livy. And I, I feel very confident that it's been able to try and do that. So we just need to see what happens thereafter if we get through.
1: Yep, totally agree. Um very much looking forward to that. And yeah, I'd rather be playing Levy that week than Call of Duty, which is what Celtic will be doing. But uh, let's go to, to Saturday afternoon. Much change side. Eight changes to the team that um, had played earlier in the week in Switzerland. And the manager said, not a Rangers team that you could expect to see that often. Um, at the game, I was pretty frustrated, to, to say the least. Um, and I think... Understandably so. Um, of course, losing the lead uh, and then having to come back and and get the victory, glad that we did clearly. But I I, I left fizzing. Watching the game back again, you know, with the the, the tension, tension game, home game against Morton. That that probably says its own <laughs> says its own <laughs> statement. But they did create a lot of Rangers, that's the one thing in the first half in particular, and it is one of those games that if you take two of the chances in the first half, it's 2-0, you're quite happy you probably go and add another couple in the second and everyone walks away saying, fine, job done but we didn't, and unfortunately that's been a key thing for us for so long, Cammy, and after a while, you, you can't keep saying well, we made, if we'd done that, if we'd done that, if we'd done that, you've got to do it, and you've got to, to go ahead and do it, the reality of the situation wasn't that we took two early chances, went on and, you know, everybody said, we played quite well, made some chances, scored four. The reality was that we went behind and ended up having to come back and just about win 2-1. So I can totally understand when people say, well, you know, there were some good things in the game, because there were, even if I maybe didn't quite take them in at the time. But this Achilles heel of ours, or Achilles front toe, when it comes to finishing, has, has been going on so long. We have brought in players to change it. I suppose the manager would argue that, that two of them did score at the weekend. I think it's just an overall sense of frustration that it isn't clicking as quickly as we all wanted it to. And and I think we're realistic as fans and we understand where it's going to take time and whatnot, but it still doesn't stop you feeling frustrated.
0: No, listen, of course not. And I think obviously, I, I mean, I, I'm going to stop talking about Kilmarnock soon because it, it, it feels like as if it's a stain that we just simply can't kind of get rid of until, you know, we do get a few games under our belt and, and you know, we could stop talking about it this time next week, David, if we get to stage where the Celtic were to lose in the league, and then all of a sudden we get back onto an even keel. But right now we're behind the eight ball, and that you know, has its own scar tissue, even this early on, because you feel like as if that optimism and all the build-up across the, the, the close season, players coming in, the money spent, etc., etc., all of that was burst as soon as, obviously, we came out of Rugby Park. And I think... Now what we're kind of waiting on is something like that, being able to try and kick off. And I think I'd mentioned uh, on on flagship last week, you know, I came out of Livingston and I was really happy. I was buzzing because I thought that's 4-0 against a team that can be quite stuffy. You know, we've got a variety of goal scorers on there. Um, <laughs> Rabbi Matondo has come on and made the difference. If you told me that prior mm-hmm. to the game, I would have wondered what leg you were pulling. So there were progressive signs, you know, it was kind of getting better and stuff. I agree with you. I think, you know, watching the game back, you look at the Desers chance with Tonda, a couple of opportunities in there and stuff as well. It, it, it's, I, think we, I think it was hard viewing in real time, but when you come back to it and you see it again, you say, well, ifs and buts, that, that falls other way. You know, Desers does well with that first attempt earlier in the game where controls it beautifully, turns in the half volley. Now, fair enough, he hit it straight at the keeper, but that goes anywhere else. I think that's one of the goals of the weekend. It, these are just... And it's what Adam and I discussed recently, actually. It's fine margins. It has to be um, easier than we would like it to be, of course. But at the same point, um, I still think that there's positive signs moving there. And I think you're right. I think the manager could turn in and say, well, you know, a the needle equaliser and winner. Then that's what we brought them in for, albeit it is against Morton.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's what you keep coming back to. That's, if you like, the caveat that you keep coming back to it as against Morton. Um, and... Yeah, there were some some decent things, and we'll start with that. Um, I thought that, as you say, Matondo looked sharp, he looked pacey. Uh, he, he, people were complaining about his final ball, and they were right on a couple of occasions, but there were also times where he put really good balls in and the strikers didn't react. Um, there's one in the second half where he's put it right across the six-yard box. If anybody makes a run, it's a tap-in, and nobody does. So I don't think you can hold that against him. Far too early to be... Extrapolating anything off the back of, as you say, twenty minutes against Livy and 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 a game against Morton, but at least he's he's giving you food for thought. And I agree with putting him into the Euro squad because he does offer pace, and we don't have a lot of that. Um, so that you know that was that was a positive thing. Uh, Danilo, I thought again looked sharp when he came on. Dessels getting there. I, I don't think Dessels is going to be somebody who's involved for ninety minutes already. There there's signs that he's more a guy that will score goals and pop up and do the odd thing. He had a wonderful effort in the first half when we did supply him with a good ball in. We'd gone for a different fullback system. We had John Lee Yuffico at left-back and we had uh, Dujon Sterling at right-back. Uh, neither of whom are what you would consider attacking fullbacks. John Lee Yuffico's mainly a centre-half. And uh, you know, Sterling has spoken about that he's he focuses more on his defensive work than, than perhaps on going forward. So that... Perhaps just a bit of threat from the from the wide areas, so those I felt were the the main positives. The negatives, I thought, Sam Lammers didn't do much, and what he did, he did badly. It wasn't just he wasn't involved much; his touch was off. Uh, I thought he, he he'd, he'd a really poor game, and I think that that role there's so much competition. The manager took the opportunity to rest uh, several players completely: Tav, Campwell, Raskin, not stripped for the match at all. Um, and I think that that given the the competition for those places, we've already seen it. Yannis Hadji came on. He played well, I thought, when he came on. Unlucky with an effort that, that just went inches wide, a really terrific effort. Uh, he's not in the Euro squad, and that's caused a bit of gnashing uh, of gnash teeth, I've noticed from the fans, which is an interesting one because I don't think a few weeks ago many people saw a huge role for Yanis Hadji moving forward at Rangers. It's maybe less a reaction or a reflection, sorry, on Yanis Hadji as it is on perhaps the fact that Lammers hasn't really got going, looked all right in pre-season, but hasn't really got going since the season started.
0: Yeah, and I still think, I still stand by it. We still need time for these players to try and bed in. I think that the manager's selection probably showed. um, I I think a good, I mean, I was surprised if Butlin played, if I'm being honest, I thought he might have got a rest. He maybe had said, look, you know, he maybe wanted a little bit more vocal involvement in being selected, which is fine, right? And I get that. But I think the rest of the team, you know, it was right in terms of its setup. I think that I'm still willing to give guys like Sam Lammers a little bit of time to be able to try and just settle in a little bit. He has probably been a little bit disjointed in terms of what or, or where he needs to be able to try and find his space within that. And Desos I agree with you. You know, again, he's scoring goals. Personally speaking, I thought. I thought he was unlucky with the penalty decision. I think he's trying to clear a ball, and Broadfoot just 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 gets in in front of him, and then obviously does that because I know there's been a lot of noise around, um, you know, the amount of penalties he's conceding. I think he has been unlucky. Um, the Hadji one I think is interesting because I think for me people seem to flip flop a little bit on Giannis Hadji when they're saying about, um, he's almost like one of these players that when he's when he's not playing he seems to become more valuable, which I don't. I've never really understood, if I'm being honest. Um, I think people are pretty much resigned to him now, potentially leaving in this window. And that would seem to to, to be possibly best for all parties concerned if the manager doesn't see him be able to try and play as regularly as Janice Hadji would like. But it's still very much a team, David, that's trying to find its feet and find its shape and form. And again, playing a bit of, uh, you know, devil's dick advocate, then what I'd be then saying is, well, the amount of eight changes is going to completely, um, you know, unsettle the team as well. So it was done in the way that you had to play. It It had to be played in such a way that it was going to give players some game time, rest to other players. Um, and it certainly had one eye on Tuesday night. So it, it worked in what it had to do, even though it was, you know, pretty close at times.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think that was the frustrating thing. And again, it does come down to this chance conversion thing that we keep mentioning, because the longer a game goes on, the more it's in the ballot. And it it, it was a pet hate of mine last season that games that you should have been out of sight in by half-time. At the end, you're you're in a real game that you don't need to be in. Um, And it's all right. I I have no objection to Rangers going three up every week inside half an hour and then seeing the game out. Absolutely none. That, That would suit me down to the ground. But get yourself into the position first. Um, and Rangers, you know, failing to do that. And again, we do have new players in, and they are finding their feet. I think we'd, we'd obviously want them to do it, do it as quickly as possible because that, you know, will erase some of the, the issues that we've had from last season. Hadji's an interesting one because for me, and I think this season's already proven it, Cantwell should play and he should play in that role. I think, because that's where he's at his best. Everything goes through him, he gets involved. He he can also drive tempo. And this team, if they have a flaw and they do, it's tempo. So often they can get sucked into just side to side, roundabout, back and forth, and not really keeping the, the team moving about. Because look, there are times you'll have a half where you don't score and the other team are defending really deep and really well. But that's that's what you have to do. If you're moving the ball about quickly, even then you at least tire them out, you at least get them into that state where they will make an error and you'll be able to capitalise on it. Whereas I thought that for large parts, unfortunately, we we resorted too much to that more simplistic just sliding it about thing. Uh, And it's it's become almost like a red flag to Rangers fans, it just totally sets us off, or a red cape I suppose, when when we see that just because we've witnessed so much of it in the past few seasons. Haji, as I say is an interesting one, can Because I've always liked him, right? Um, and I've been accused in the past of people saying we well, only like him because of his dad and uh, I don't think that's true but I, I'd be willing to admit that maybe some things factor into your consciousness that you're not 100% aware of. But I don't really see a place for him simply because the manager has spent money on Lammers, Dowell. he's got Campwell there already. There are you just don't bring in players if you think that there's somebody there who's already gonna play. You've also gonna have Tom Lawrence back and he was in the bench on Saturday, he'll be getting, I think, woven into the side in the next few weeks. So it's, it's we just seem to have a lot of players for essentially one, maybe two positions at best.
0: Yeah, and, and- I think, I think the thing for me, when I think about Giannis Hadji, when I think about his injury and recovery, I want to think about the human being as well as the player, the asset, however you want to call it in terms of where it is, you know, for Rangers. Because with that amount of time out of his career that he's had through his injury and recuperation, he'll want to play as much football as he can. Now, he probably feels a little bit like he's got some catching up to do. That's perfectly natural. I, I totally get that. I don't think we can offer it to them at Rangers and and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that we have players who have come in and the style of football and our domestic game doesn't really bring out their best. And as a result of that, they're not going to find themselves being selected week in, week out. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think when you then add on exactly the 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 um, the, well, the the well incoming players that you've just mentioned, including some who, obviously, as we know, like Lawrence, been there for a while, but had their own injury concerns still to come in and really make his mark, I totally understand all that. Giannis Hadji now needs to, to make a decision that's probably best for him. And to show that this isn't a Giannis Hadji slight, or, you know, angle about him in particular. I've said exactly the same thing about Robbie McCrory. Not necessarily due to injury, but just because of selection. And you've got to go and play. You've got to go and get games. We have a goalkeeper that we signed who was the polar opposite of that. He knew that if he stayed where he was, he wasn't going to um, he wasn't going to get game time. And he purposely moved to us in order to make that happen. Maybe Giannis had to make the same decision now. And I, I don't bear him any ill will if he leaves. I don't think the vast majority of Rangers support would. I think what you're looking at when you're looking at Cantwell as a, as a possible replacement within that, although I think that, you know, that could be argued. Cantwell has not just been able to drive that tempo, but he can create a spark and he can also get that team moving in such a way that, you know, he will roll his sleeves up when he has to, but he'll he'll also complement that with flair when he's playing with high levels of confidence. I just don't think Giannis Hadji is capable of doing that at the moment. And I understand why, uh, but at the same point it's it's just not gonna work for us in terms of where we are at the moment.
1: No, and again we go back to can you reinvest money, can you reinvest a salary, all of those things. If you can get a fee in, can you, you know, I think you've got to look at that. It's just common sense, isn't it? The way that the market is, the way that finances are. You've got to be what are we are we getting maximum bang for our buck here at the moment? Uh and it is difficult because you conflate the fact that Lammers hasn't looked great so far. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Okay, but you're then left with a guy you've just spent three and a half million for. He he will get the opportunity, and he should get the opportunity. The manager has backed him to be a big player for us, so it's up to the manager to to get that out. In terms of the system that we're playing, Kami, we've complained I think about a lack of width, and that was maybe addressed at the weekend with incoming uh, in, coming, in uh, coming into the side was Matondo and the manager has spoken about being on the lookout for a wide player to come in Uh, I mentioned that you know we don't have Ryan Kent there anymore who used to provide that sort of width and pace and we might need someone who can do that for us I'm not quite sure at the moment I see what the system otherwise is designed to do it's very central quite stuffy and it hasn't worked now that just could be that it hasn't worked properly or it could just be that it won't work I don't know but at the moment, I certainly can see the need for somebody who's going to be able to offer us a different option further out.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because you mentioned earlier on, there's a couple of times that Tondo got got you know some great delivery to him, one in particular for for Lindstrom, really on at the beginning of the game, actually, against Morton, where um, uh, he was able to do a lovely touch, drove in, and I think he was just struggling to understand what he was supposed to do with it in the final third. Like I I'm not saying, I think you mentioned earlier on, I don't think the ball was bad. I think, you know, sometimes his decision-making could be questioned, but equally at the same point as well, when he looks up and there's no one else there, he, he's very, very limited in terms of options that he has. I think when we talk about some of that wide play, it feels a lot like when we score from a cross, it's an abnormality rather than something that should be expected to happen because some of the delivery has been really poor. And when we convert one of those crosses, it stands out for that very reason. And we've seen Borna probably show flickers of what he's, he's the done. Best, you know,
1: Bob yeah, but Borna is the best crosser at at the club. There's no doubt yeah. about that. And you've seen him
0: flicker back into some of that that quality that used to be able to show so consistently. And, you know, that's great to be able to try and do that. But you're right, we do need someone else who can maybe do that. And if that's going to be someone in, in front of him, then okay, fair enough. I think what the manager needs to be able to try and do is work out for himself if he has to sit on a system he needs to make sure that he stands by that blueprint and if he wants to bring in someone else with width that's fine but then you're going to be saying to anyone who's going to be playing within that if it's going to be daniel or whatever because i know he likes to drop back a little bit that whatever happens you're going to have to play further forward the desos has to go in there again it can't be what we've seen before where we're amending the team for a striker and when that striker is then missing someone else has to come in and they play exactly the same step, but it doesn't work to that striker. It has to be a system that everybody understands. And I'm happy for it to be adaptable, but what it can't do is just fall completely off the cliff as soon as we've got one or two two amended positions.
1: No, I think I'd agree with that. And I think most people would. But now we turn our attentions to PSV back again this time last year. You'll recall we knocked them out. And they're back this year looking for revenge. Like us, they've made a number of signings. A familiar face in Malik Tillman has joined up there. He'll be over. He has been added to their squad. Having watched a bit of them, Cami, they are very good going forward. They're very quick. They really can capitalise. If you give the ball away, they will capitalise on it. It's that simple. They, they're so quick. They've got four or five guys that are rockets in the forward areas. You've got to look after the ball, which is, I think, the age-old rule in Europe anyway that's always been the case for any Scottish team in Europe, if, if we treat the ball like a hot potato you'll be in trouble because you're up against quick, talented, technical players who all know what to do with it, you might get away with it domestically, you don't get away with it at the highest level, so we've got to look after the ball and to be fair, when Rangers have had success in Europe over the last five seasons, it's been by doing that, by being almost un-Scottish in the way that, that we looked after possession but defensively they do look as though you can get at them you look at they look as though you can cause them problems. So that it wouldn't surprise me if this was a high scoring tie. No,
0: I think that's fair. I think that's fair because I think, you know, there's no point in us pretending that we don't have our own defensive frailties to worry about. So yeah, I, I do get that. I think I think what I really need to be able to try and see from us on Tuesday night, David, is just belief. Belief that we can do it and belief that we can go out there and compete against this this team. Um I think you're right. I think that, I mean, they've done some really clever business, obviously. I think anyone who watched them last night, we played them, you know, they saw guys like Gakpo. Obviously, he's now engineered a move to the Premiership under Liverpool and stuff. So I totally understand as to why, you know, people are right in terms of saying that this is a very different PSV team that we'll be facing. But again, at the same point, it's about what we can do at Ibrox uh, on Tuesday night to, to really implement our, you know, pressure on them be able to go up with a hopefully a higher price than we would normally think about but we've got the opportunity to do that at home in the first leg and I think it's really important for us to be able just to, as I say it is about that word belief for me it feels a little bit like we've wobbled at times but I can again I want to focus on the progressive steps that we have made and yet it's not been five nil games every single time that we've come out the gate but at the same point um you know I thought we did play well against survey we didn't Falter to, to assist system when I know that we 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 probably could have finished that up within the first leg at Ibrox, but we went across there. We did a strong job. PSV will be tough, but again, you're only going to get better if you play against some of the best. And PSV are the next uh, the next opponents to stand there. We have been able to do that.
1: No, they are a quality side. There's been some discussion from fans about you know, would you rather go into the EL or the CL? Um, and I do understand it because we've had some tremendous fun in the Europa League the last few seasons, and we've had some really so nights in the Champions League but I think you have to strive to be in the Champions League Um, even though realistically you have a much higher percentage chance of success within the Europa League but you've got to strive to be in the Europa League, it's not a disaster if we go into that especially when you get through it this it would have been a disaster if we could opt do it by survey even though we would have gone into the Europa League because at least getting through it this round you get that parachute payment that everybody knows about the 5 million quid, 5 million euros rather, so it's it's not the worst thing that can happen in the world, and and as I mentioned last week, you can you can lose to PSV. It could be you know in a narrow game over two legs that can happen. They're a good side, we're a good side, hopefully, and that can happen. And folk will be disappointed, but they can live with it. You couldn't go out to Savet. Savet were a side we should be knocking out. It's that simple. So there is that, but I think you have to strive to get into the Champions League and take the Europa League for what it will be if we end up in it. The, and, you know, I would hope that we would go into the Champions League and at least qualify for the Europa League again. But you have to try to be in the top level because you're not going to get any better unless you're in there.
0: You're not. And again, it's like I say, you know, you're going to have to play against better teams if you want to be able to try and improve. And by comparison, I would also then believe and I know it didn't work out this way last you know, last season, so you know, forgive me for the thoughts on this as well. But I I am always of the belief that if you couldn't go out and do a decent steer against European teams, then domestically you shouldn't have too many problems. And I think that the challenge that that group of players had against the teams in the Champions League last season, was it, it was demoralising. there's no doubt around it. Now you can look back and you could say, yeah, we had key players injured and, and, and various other things as well that, that impacted some of that, but I don't think that was a be-all and end-all of it. The reason why I personally enjoy the Champions League is because fundamentally the system is designed to exclude us. They, you know, UEFA don't want us in this. So they'll try and make it as hard as they possibly can to make sure that teams of our ilk, you know, aren't messing around too much with the big boys that they actually really care about. But at the same point as well, we have to look at what how it benefits us. The financial advantages aside, I think it puts us into a good steer. I think it's good for. I think it's good for Rangers as a global brand, and I think it helps us to attract players as well. Even if it's the case that you're still saying that, um, you know, we didn't do well within the group stages of the Champions League, but we still recruited players on the back of. Seville. So, for me, being able to be on, a, on a, the widest European platform you can, I think, still has a lot of benefits in the back of that. I'm the same as you, David. If we could get through that, still qualify for the Europa League um, later on, then that's fine. Because, and maybe it's just me being sentimental, but I actually think we could win the Europa League, and I don't think we'll ever win the Champions League no, again. We again. won't. That's, it, that's, it, that's, that's it, just that's just the way of football yeah. nowadays. Do you no? Mean?
1: No team from a country our size will. That's simple. No. Um, it's just you know the, the financial gaps are too are too big that there might not be a huge difference you can bridge the gap between um you know a five million pound player and a 10 million pound player but when you get into to the 70 million pound players you can't you know that the, there is another level and i think we've all witnessed that but you still want to be in there competing and trying to pull off the shocks you know trying to to get better and getting more money, and then you get a wee bit closer each time. And as you say, you know, the Europa League is one that we look at and we go, oh, we can do well in that. But I I don't want to be in it. I want to be in the Champions League. If we're in the Europa League, I'll be happy enough once we're there. But you get into it. The mood obviously lifted, not through anything we did at the weekend. But I think that the mood had been quite so low because, I hate to say it, Celtic were very, very good last season. You know, over 100 points beat us when it mattered and I think that obviously fans were thinking well it'll be the same this season in terms of how they're going to be and there's maybe a suggestion and it's too early to say they you know if I'm saying I think we'll improve and I am then it's only fair to say that you would think that they would do the same but the next two weeks could be pivotal both for us in terms of season and for Michael Beal in terms of his Rangers career if he's to win these matches coming up um, we get through in the Champions League, we beat Ross County and Celtic, then suddenly everything's changed in terms of the mood of the two supports. If he's to lose these matches, then again, you know, the, it'll, it'll switch the other way. So we're at a very interesting stage, Cammy, and, and I, I honestly don't think you can overstate the importance of the next fortnight.
0: No, I don't think you can either. I think... I think it's been interesting because and listen, you've you known that there's always been sharks in the water waiting for Rodgers to be able to try and fall his first hurdle. And, you know, I, I said similar under Lennon, I thought that it was going to be the case that we had to be able to try and keep him in there. And whilst I don't necessarily think it will go as far down the line as it did with Lennon, um, you know, read Suns June when your enemies making mistakes, don't interrupt them. So... Most important thing that we can do is continue to improve. Whatever happens with that lot will happen naturally, right? We can't control any of that element of it. What I do think is far better now is we don't have to treat them like Real Madrid, and we have been guilty of that in the past. The manager, I think, has seen where his tinkering has not helped, and I think he's learned from some of that. I hope, but obviously we'll have to wait until the first week in September to to fully appreciate that. Um. The most important thing that we can do now is continue to drive belief within our squad. Been able to try and just continue to to, uh, to show that we are growing and that we are learning and that we are developing in that space. There's still a lot of work to go, and I think that you know we both said that fairly openly, David. That you know we're not by any means saying that we're the finished article. I think that um, if their early exit of the League Cup gives them a bit of fire in their belly, then okay, fair enough. But I don't think it can impact anything. We're going to, we have to go at it with the same attitude and the same the same belief in terms of recovering our trophy, in terms of bringing the league back, but also setting out a bit of a marker for this season. And you know, I remember being on our shows both on here and on our Patreon site after the league win against them, and everybody at that time was saying, "Well, that's fine, but it's going to have to be the first Old Firm game of next season. It really matters." And it's still we're still in exactly that same space now.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Right, just before we go today, folks, we can uh, obviously, as always, point you over in the direction of our Patreon, some wonderful coverage over there, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. And we are returning to New Edmiston House on the 1st of December. We, of course, had, uh, thankfully, a triumphant show there uh, in May, but we will be back December the 1st. The public sale of tickets for that is 10am on Wednesday. You'll be able to purchase your tickets for that if you want to come along and see us, uh, thankfully. It will sell out, so please be quick about it because the tickets will be snapped up. Our pre-sales are already going very, very well indeed. So uh, go to the New Edmondson House website and you'll be able to purchase your tickets there. Right, my thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. My thanks to Cammie. Thank you, my friend. He'll be back later in the week with Extra, looking back at the PSV match and ahead to the trip on Saturday to Ross County. Until then, have a wonderful week and let's hope we're celebrating a big Rangers victory. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.